Hey friends, welcome to the Kingdom Movement Leadership Podcast, where you can be equipped and inspired to grow and maximize your influence as a leader. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Kingdom Movement Leadership Podcast. My name is Vic Fomenko. I get to be one of the hosts here, along with Roman, and today we have an incredible special guest with us. This is Adam Morris coming to you from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, just want to tell a little bit about Adam. You can say as well, but how many years of ministry have you been in? Off and on about 15. 15 years. Yeah. He's married to Catherine. We call her Catherine the Great. <laughs> the reason why is because they both have ministered in Russia, have done ministry out there. Um, he's pretty fluent in Russian, <laughs> can be, especially when he gets there for a week. And so pretty amazing, um, just even at the age that you are, and I think the wisdom that mm-hmm. Adam carries and the anointing and graces that are on his life are pretty prominent. He has raised up a lot of people that are younger than him, his age, and even older in as far as equipping. So it's an honor to have a premier equipper in the body of Christ <laughs> joining us on this podcast today. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I really want to just draw on you today in this conversation as we think about a leadership podcast and wanting to equip leaders in their sphere of influence. So whatever area of leadership someone is in, we want to equip them to go deeper. One of the hmm. gifts that you operate in uh, fairly strong that a lot of people draw on you is the prophetic. And so I want to have a little bit of a conversation about leadership and the prophetic. Hmm. Uh for I think the last couple of decades, maybe longer, I think there's been a strong shift in the body of Christ towards like a, a prophetic culture. And so there's been churches and movements in the last couple of decades, you could probably speak more into that, that have kind of really developed. And so now I think it's almost to me, I don't know, but it seems like almost a majority of people are open to this idea now of like, we can actively hear the voice of God, not just through the textbook called the scriptures, Mm -hmm. but we can actively hear the voice of God for ourselves and for somebody else and actually partner with God to bring encouragement, edification, comfort to someone. And so I think with that cultural shift, I think there's still maybe leaders or churches that maybe don't have the prophetic in their culture and they don't know how to... um, create that culture. And so I want to just draw on you a little bit and say, how would you advise someone? Let's say they're a small group leader, they're a youth pastor, they're a pastor, they're a leader in a small, in, in, in a context, maybe they're, they're a business owner and they work around believers or whatever, but they want to bring a prophetic culture to where they're at. Mm-hmm. How would they start? It's a great question. So I, I think, um, especially if you're talking about in ministry and outside of ministry in yeah. the home, you know, what, what does this look like? I think if you get the identity message down and you could develop in Thanksgiving, like we used to teach people like, Oh, here's how you prophesy. You ask God for a word. And then, and then this is what it can or can't look like. And then, and then we realized like over the years, like if we really teach on stuff like the father's love and sonship, and then the identity message and equip them with tools like Thanksgiving it's going gonna, it's gonna to put them in a better position long-term because it helps them with both their relationship with the Lord and their prophetic uh, abilities, right? So I, I would say like whether you are a, a leader over your home or you're a leader in your home, leader at church or business or whatnot at, in, in school, um, if you can just begin to develop Thanksgiving, that's a great place to start. Mm. And that, sound, that might sound a little 
um, elementary. Disconnected or elementary, but yeah. explain what you mean by that, because this is a very powerful w- way that you activate in this. So, so years ago, um, like when I was, when I was coming of age in the nineties, um, there were these super prophets that would come to the church we were at, my family was at growing up or other churches or whatever. And these super prophets would get up and just read people's mail. I saw you in a dream. You were doing this. And there was this, you know, you said earlier, reading credit card numbers or addresses or whatever. I mean, really, really cool stuff. And I had the idea, and whether it was actually explicitly taught or not, I had the idea that you had to be a super prophet to hear God. No Mm. one else could. Mm. But then over time, we learn that no, we can, because he made me to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so he, if he's wanting to guide me into all truth, I should at some point be able to hear that truth. Um, And so so it's like getting the identity message in worship as an example as well like enjoying worship and then thinking after a while, if I'm enjoying this, maybe he is too, Hmm. made me realize like, oh, well, if God's this comfortable being around us, maybe he's comfortable speaking into us and not just showing up angry after we've disobeyed or something like this. Like, oh, you idiot, it was supposed to be that. And so this is like, like God, life can't be just one big riddle. So as I'm moving on and developing even the prophetic today, thankfulness and being able to go, thank you, Lord, that you are in me, that I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, mm. that you are here to guide me into all truth. I thank you that your presence is here when two or more gather, whatever verses, there's so many good verses to use, but I'm, I'm using that thankfulness as a gift, as a, um, as my, my key to access the presence of God now. Mm. And it allows me to see things the way, see people and situations the way he sees them. And so mm. like my goal it, like, and I would encourage you, whether you, you feel called to be a pastor, a prophet, or administrator, or apostle, whatever, no matter what you're called to be, even if you're not called to anything with a title, if you could develop in that, it'll help you in your relationship with the Lord. It'll shore up your identity in Christ. And as you're sitting developed in that place, you'll get really sharp at going, Lord, I thank you for who you are in this moment. And when, you, when you've trained your heart over, you've renewed the mind and you've trained your heart and mind to focus on him in any situation, in any context, then even in the storm, you'll be in a, begin to get at least small nudges. Wow. And you'll know like, that's his peace leading me this way. I need to hire this person, fire this person, change the way we do this, discipline my kids. Catherine and I use this when we're, when we're uh, training our kids, which as you know, as a dad, that, that is, mm-hmm. it's something you, you almost don't realize like, um, how much your heart is in it. So it could be hard to miss, or it could be hard to understand how much, how difficult it could be in the moment to step back and go, Lord, I thank you for this child. I thank you, Lord, that, that, you know, the best way to raise them. But as I've developed in that, that's really helped me in the smallest and the biggest decisions in life to be able to pick out his voice and whether we call it prophetic or not, Mm. that's the best place to start from. So good. Because if I, if I'm short up in my identity and I can hear him from myself, then I can begin to encourage that in people around me. That's incredible. So the idea of the prophetic is connected to the person, right? So the gifting is connected to the person. What I hear you saying is that, and so when you start with Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. scripture says that uh, enter his gates with Thanksgiving yeah. so that we enter into his presence and he comes through Thanksgiving. And so even through Thanksgiving, like, Lord, thank you that I hear you. Thank you that we're connected. Thank you that you're right here, that you're in me. So we're not striving to get towards him. We we recognize that he's in us. That's so good. That opens us up to hear him. And then 
Um, so that's, I think that's so cool. I think it's, it's great to hear you say that you you connect the gift of the prophetic with the person. Mm-hmm. So we're not prophesying outside of our intimacy with the Lord that we start with Thanksgiving because we want to get into his heart, his mind, his heartbeat. Cause sometimes someone can operate out of a gift of the prophetic, mm-hmm. almost outside of the relationship with the Lord. They almost 100%. draw on the natural gifting. Yeah. They're created prophetic. They almost like see into people's peer into someone's soul mm-hmm. and can operate from a gifting, but there's no intimacy there. And yeah. so they can wow someone, but it doesn't change someone's life. But what you're saying is that Thanksgiving connects us with the person and the heart of God. So we're actually now no longer just wowing someone with credit cards yeah. and phone numbers and addresses, but actually- Which are cool. Yes. But yeah. But actually imparting what the father is thinking about them right now. Because so through good. Thanksgiving, that presence. So I think that's really, really cool. And you know, you talked about how in the prophetic culture, now we rec- recognize, wait, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So it's not just for the super prophet, mm-hmm. but John 10, Jesus is like, if you're a sheep, yeah. you can hear. And if you can hear God's voice for you, why wouldn't he want to speak Yeah, you could hear it for the else? biggest event of your lifetime, salvation, mm-hmm. but you can't hear it about which restaurant to go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's absurd mm-hmm. kind of the, the, I mean, if you step back and make it extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you saying that the Lord doesn't want to lead you day to day, yeah. but he'll deal with you in this huge event because only his sheep will hear his voice and we're drawn. He seeks us out before we seek him out. And so we, whether you realize it or not, you heard God's voice to get saved. Yep. Why would he stop there? Now that you're a new creation, Mm -hmm. you heard him when you were a sinner. How much more should he speak to you as a son? Come on. (laughs) Come on. So Thanksgiving (laughs) connecting us with the person so that we can actually not just operate at the gift, but, through the heart of the Father. 100%. I love well, and, that. And you you talk about performance. Um, you know this as a teacher. I mean, you're, you're prophetic as well, but how many how many pastors have you spoken to who maybe are frustrated at prophetic people in, mm. in their uh, groups, in their churches, um, who do seem to be able to perform well in certain contexts, but they don't know what to do with them in other areas? And it's like, once you get this message that the, it's more than just a gift, it is who we are, and it's him, it's getting him, then all of a sudden you can correct and expect, raise your expectations over every person in your, um, in your circle, whether they're super prophets or not. Wow. It used to be that like, oh, you could perform, you can, you can call out all these amazing things. I had a friend who had like, every time he went to go minister somewhere, he had these unbelievable dreams where he could like just describe them almost as paintings, a new painting for mm. every church he went to. And it's like, I want that gift. I'm wow. sure like, yeah. like, that's really cool. You're kidding me. So, so you go in and, and some of us like have that in smaller ways. It may not be as elaborate as mm-hmm. that. Right. But like, even if you're seeing that context, that doesn't change the fact that you also are a son or a daughter. And so as, as a leader, whether you are a pastor or a teacher, evangelist, something, something besides a super prophet per se, it's important that you understand that that you are needed just as much as they are, even yeah. if their their gift might be um, flashier mm-hmm. at times, that you are needed. And so that thankfulness helps develop it, that, that bridge there. I love it. And one of the things that, because you've done some prophetic trainings with our team and in, in our culture. And so one of the things that you even actually have showed us is that even when you want to give someone a word and be prophetic towards someone, mm-hmm. one of the ways to start hearing the Lord for them is that you start to, uh, you first talked about how like 
Think about which member of the Trinity you feel like the closest to and then go into thanksgiving. So if it's, if it's the father, like, father, I thank you for Adam. Mm-hmm. And as you go to the father in thanksgiving for the person that you want to minister to, yeah. he starts to, again, enters gates with thanksgiving, opens up our heart to hear his heart for someone else. So the cool part of thanksgiving is not, it does, it basically doesn't separate the gift from the giver from the father, but also opens up the door for us to actually see someone from the father's heart before Mm. we try to minister to them. Yeah. That's so good. So, um, it's, it's fascinating. So especially as a leader, Mm -hmm. right, this is a great context for leaders, um, in, in, in particular, because if they can get this key, um, then they can help set the culture around them in an easier way. Cause sometimes if it's not naturally, so to speak, your gift, you could feel forced or you could feel like mm-hmm. you have to work it up. But if you, if you go like, when I think about God, do I think about God as a father? Do I think about Jesus or do I think about the Holy spirit? And then, and then not feel guilty for not, you know, you're not excluding the other two, but like for me, I see God as a good father. I love Jesus. I love the Holy spirit, obviously. Yeah. But when I think, close my eyes and think about God, my default is who he is as a father. Mm. So if I'm going to, as a leader, if I want to develop a prophetic culture around me, whether my inner circle or the, in the church, I'm going to embrace that because I want to flow naturally from that place. Come on. And so I don't need to get up and like, again, like, and, and I'm not mocking this obviously, but like, like just, I don't need to do something spectacular, like names, dates, um, you know, uh, credit card numbers or whatever. I need to speak from that place of, I, this is what I feel like the father's heart is for this situation. If Jesus walked in the room, this is what I feel like he would say right now. You don't have to call it prophecy, but speak out of your deepest affection for the Lord and hopefully he'll release his in that same atmosphere. Wow. So that's, it, it's just, it's really sweet. And also when you get good at that, then you can step into situations. So you go up to speak at your church or you're speaking one-on-one with a couple. You can begin to think about how would God, the father minister to this family right now? How would Jesus minister to them? You know, they have different characteristics in, in, uh, throughout the word. And so it's like, do they need the comforter? Do they need the friend? Do they need the, the provider protector? I mean, what do they need right now? And so as a leader, you could begin to access that not only for yourself, but in each situation, you can sort of lean on that in particular. It's wow. a powerful thing. That's really good. One of the misconceptions as well is that sometimes people think, because they don't understand, I mean, the way, I, the way I've described it, maybe you could speak into this, but to me, someone can operate on three levels when it comes to like a gift. So the function of a gift, so like that means like you prophesy. Mm-hmm. Then you can also like have a gift from the God, like from God. So God can give you a gift of prophecy. So it's a gift. You can use it with or without him, but it's, it's, it operates and you kind of is in you. And then you can also function in like, kind of like a mantle or the, what we would say the office of a prophet. So sometimes I think what a misconception is, is that people think that only a prophet can prophesy. Mm-hmm. And... I think sometimes as ministers, people think like, oh, I can't function in prophecy because I'm not a prophet. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe they're, they don't see what, where they're at maybe in the fivefold or the body of Christ. And yeah. so they think that, oh, the, I, I'm not a prophet, so that's untouchable for me. Whereas Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, you can all prophesy. Mm-hmm. So maybe speak to that a little bit and speak to like for you as a minister, like sometimes you'll come in and you'll teach, you'll instruct in this and that. 
but how significant and how like God uses the prophetic to like almost open up people's hearts and open up the door to even like your message. That's good. Because as leaders, like use, like being, like sharpening the prophetic gift because of how it opens up ministry. That's so good. When you do that well, because you're you're not known as like the prophetic guy, Mm -hmm. but I've seen you just release these thunderous, encouraging words. Um, And and so you kind of, you, you definitely understand what that looks like. I would say, um, especially if they come from a conservative background, whether that be Slavic or otherwise, you can, Americans mm-hmm. deal with this too, from, say, conservative Pentecostal background. They might have this idea that uh, only prophets, only at church, only under the special anointing or whatever, but as you step into a kingdom mindset, you realize how it, God wants to permeate every area of life. He wants mm. salt and light, not just in the building, or even not just in our homes, but he wants it everywhere. And I think once you start realizing how, how his heart, his desires to get out, you realize that his voice has to go with him. So, um, I would, I would begin by encouraging people in that, that he does want to speak into every area of life. And that even if, if 5% of the entire body are prophets, they're not going to be able, they're going to be way too busy to go around and, and be the, the payphone or the telephone for everybody. So, uh, we would encourage you with a couple of things. If you have, if you're a leader, encourage the prophetic people in your community, the people who are currently prophetic to train up others, hmm. like, like automatically stir that up in your culture that, um, it needs to be said that, that everyone can hear God's voice at a basic level. Again, that we we're talking about salvation earlier mm-hmm. where the temple of the Holy spirit, he's here to guide us into all truth. He, you know, there are all these amazing scriptures that show that the Lord is with us and that he wants to be with us and that he wants to guide us right yep. day to day, whether we're prophets or pastors or anything or not, if we're never in full-time ministry, if you and I left full-time ministry yep. right now, we know that the Lord would still want to guide us. Mm-hmm. Right. Then there's gifts above that that get a little bit sharper. You can exercise your gift. You can strengthen your gift. So normally when people are known as like the prophetic people in churches, they may or may not be prophets, but they typically have a prophetic gift. Mm-hmm. And then there's a prophet, which is more of a, of a, a governmental role. Yeah. That, that probably, to unpack all that, that's a little more um, of kind of a nuanced conversation mm-hmm. in and of itself. But um, as a leader, it is it's so freeing to be able to recognize prophets and truly gifted people for what they bring to the body while at the same time, encouraging everyone that they can hear Mm -hmm. that they should never be intimidated by these mighty gifts that they might Mm -hmm. see in their, in their presence that we all have this part to play, but that even if, if, you know, Joe Schmo over here is never, never gifted in the prophetic is never called to be a prophet. They need to develop in hearing the Lord's voice. Yes. Otherwise they'll miss out on the Lord's direction for them and then think it's like God's will for their life. That's really good. So to start developing a prophetic culture in a place, if you're a leader, you have influence on develop a prophetic culture, you would say that it starts with teaching people to hear God's voice or not even to hear that they do hear God's voice to recognize mm-hmm. that it's God that they're hearing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could you could probably teach on this as well. Like they, we've seen especially with leaders. Like if they can if they could speak from that place, that hey, the Lord is speaking. The question is whether we'll recognize it and listen. Um, That's usually 
that's usually an easier route for people because then, because if you've been a believer for years, faithful in church and serving and giving and all this different stuff, you've probably had a number of experiences. uh, And we'll give these kinds of examples when we're, when we're teaching all this stuff. Like, have you ever been praying and, and Vic Fomenko came up on your heart and, and you're like, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to message Vic and I send Vic a message and they're like, and Vic says, oh my goodness, I was just asking the Lord for encouragement or, you know, all these coincidental things, uh, just get a crack in the dam. You don't have to prove that the mantle of the prophet Elijah is on them or, you know, you don't have to do anything like that. You just have to convince them that the Lord can and has spoken to them Hmm. and that whether they recognize it as his voice or not, if at the time, if you can get convince them and show them now that, Hey, that he has spoken to you, that little nudge that ended up being true or that ended up being a confirmation for somebody, whether they acted on it or not, you know, sometimes you find out after the fact, but those little confirmations end up being cracks in the dam and that's all you need. Wow. Cause like once you have a crack in the dam, then you raise their expectation because if he spoke to you before, he can speak to you again. Wow. So like if I, if, if you, if you're telling me like, no, no, or, you know, your, your people, whatever, no, God doesn't want to speak to me or God only speaks to prophets. They have some of this mindset. Some people just aren't hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, whatever, don't waste your time to <laughs> pray for them from afar or whatever. But if the, if people are genuinely wanting to develop in this area, but they're convinced that the Lord has not spoken to them, Talk about the ways that he has spoken to you. Share your own testimonies, whether you're prophetic or not, whether you have a gift of prophecy, I mean, or not. If you're, if you're just a youth leader, just talk about how I prayed for this person and I had this picture of this in my mind or I was reminded of this or uh, a verse came up on my heart. You, you don't have to make it, um, show that it's not dramatic show how simple mm. it can be because they might look to you as a leader and go, ah, if that is what it looks like for Vic, maybe the Lord has done that simple thing with me as well. Mm. But I was looking for the great storm and the Lord mm. spoke in the soft voice, the, the still small That's voice, really good. like with Elijah. So share your testimonies. Wow. Go after that, like that, like convincing, Hey, he has spoken to you, especially with those who are experienced in the Lord. And then once, once they, they realize, oh, he did speak to me, make sure they raise their expectations that, hey, now when I ask, Lord, what do you want to do? You're, you've got your ears up because you know he has and you know he can and you Come know on. he will. So um, that, that's typically the best strategy. Yeah. There was a guy here, not to belabor the point, but there's a guy um, here after we had done the training, came up with this amazing testimony on this point, hmm. he's like, um, uh, I realized like the way you were describing it, like, oh, I have heard the Lord's voice. I have gotten prophetic words from people. I just didn't recognize. I thought that was me and not the Lord. I've heard this countless times. Some of the most prophetic people we've trained up have had this same situation wow. where they thought everyone has this thought about whoever. And then it's like, no, try it. Just see if it's, if it's not you ap- repent, apologize. Um, but, but if it turns out to be the Lord, you might bless their socks off wow. with exactly what they need to hear today. So there was a guy, we had done training, and then there are all these testimonies he's had over the last month connected with that. It's just been fantastic. Wow, that's really cool. I love that. So, and so basically, you talked about like kind of almost like demystifying it and make it naturally supernatural. Because yeah. that's the way God's created us. He's given us even natural 
pathways through which she speaks. So like our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our imagination. We think everything that comes through the imagination must be the flesh of the devil. It's like, well, it's the same channel that the Lord speaks through. He doesn't speak through a different channel than the flesh of the devil. They all speak through the same channels. And so sometimes it's like realizing that it's not going to be this writing on the wall, this feeling of ecstasy, this feeling of like the goosebumps come on you and now it's the Lord. Yeah. But it's it's this idea where you demystify and it's like, hey, we, we're all naturally designed to be naturally that's supernatural. So, that's dead on. So that's really good. I love that. Uh, and it's, we're talking about how do you develop like a prophetic culture? How do you, how do you do that? And then kind of, I think the importance of it as well. And so I think one of the things is that if you want to develop a prophetic culture, you probably have to actually operate in something because you, you, cause you could teach all day long, mm-hmm. but people don't necessarily learn or they, they don't get an impartation from instruction. They get an impartation from actually observing, seeing it happen and seeing it before them. It's, it's, it's more caught than it is taught, right? And so the yeah. idea for developing a prophetic culture probably is like, hey, let's actually walk in some demonstration and, and even give people some risks and some room. Like you were saying, hey, there's prophetic people around you. Maybe you're not as prophetic as people that are around you. Give them the room and just start activating them because through a demonstration, mm-hmm. a lot of that impartation can happen. That's so good. Yeah, if you can create some kind of situation, it might be in a small group. It might be, I mean, depending on the size of your group, it, typically this works best in a small group, especially if you're starting out you might pick out people who either are prophetic already or who, who you have a feeling they're pursuing the Lord, right? So they're, they're going hard after the Lord. Um, you could pull them together and just ask simple questions. Like we, we had done, um, one of them here is you ask like, if Jesus walked in the room, what would he want to say over this person? The most basic, like every Christian should be able to answer that, whether they're striving to be prophetic or not, right? If you could ask simple questions like that, and just stir things up. And then they, they, they have these um, confirming moments mm. where people are like, I've been praying for that. How did you know? Like, I've been asking the Lord for more gentleness. You said he want, would want to give me more gentleness, whatever. And then they go, oh, well, maybe that was God. And then you try it again. And you're like, okay, two for two. This works you know, pretty well. Lay some ground rules. You got to repent. You don't want to prophesy into certain things, especially when you're starting out. No mates, no dates kind of thing. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. certain parameters. And what do you mean by repent? Like if like if you release something and it's wrong, immediately repent. Yeah. If yeah, I, if I prophesy over you, uh, no, that's not right. I'm going to go to you, Vic, my friend. I'm so sorry. That was just me, but Jesus loves you. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so the question is never on God's end. It's my delivery. I'm I'm the vessel who's still figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So I want to repent, but make sure that, that you're left with a good heart towards the Lord in that. And that if you're prophetic, people can't do that. That's a good important point for leaders. No matter how prophetic they are, if your people, your prophetic people can't repent when they're wrong, then I personally, I don't give them permission to prophesy Come on. In, the, in the, in the context of the ministry, whatever, whatever ministry that so is. So good. And I've actually heard you say along the lines of repenting, cause I think that's a really important ground rule for prophecy is that some people would say like, well, I'm not wrong. They just don't believe it. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. But you err on the side of just repent. And then when it does happen, they're going to be like, wow, he was right. Yeah. Versus like, you come across as arrogant, like, no, you just don't know. Yeah. But the Lord said, and you just kind of stick on it, even when there's really not evidence there. Yeah. It's better to err on the side of repenting. And then actually your honor is really restored and redeemed versus on the side of arrogance. And then it's like almost the door closes right yeah. at that point. It's crazy because the word can become your idol. 
And if you're defending it, you're digging your heels the in. The word that you give to someone you becomes your idol. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're not, you're not serving the Lord as much as you are serving the word. And, wow. and so again, especially at the beginning, as people are starting up, they might, they might not have a gift. They might have a gift, whatever, even if they're prophets, like basic ground rules like this going, uh, err on the side of humility in a family context. Wow. Because, uh, we're going to celebrate you when you're right. And we're going to celebrate you when you clean up your mess as well. Wow. So we want people to take risks because we know that's the way kids grow. And so in the house, in my ministry, in the, in the house of a good father, we know that he encourages risk, risk taking, no fear of failure here. And so we're going to do that, but we're also going to couple that with the need to take responsibility and clean up your messes. So like Bethel says that, I love that phrase, clean up your own mess. Wow. So as long as those ground rules are in place, there's so much opportunity, so much flexibility for people to try stuff and hearing God's voice. And in the right context, that, that could just lead to amazing results. That's incredible. Wow, this was so rich. I wish we could keep drawing on you. I think we could do this for a few hours. My goodness, but we just to kind of summarize some of the things that such good nuggets, but it's the gifting can't be used outside of the gifting. It's relational. Mm-hmm. And so connecting with the Lord through Thanksgiving is a huge key. Another key that, that everyone can hear God's voice. And Paul says, you can all prophesy. So the misconception that it's only for the elite, it's only for the, the, the office of the prophet is a false thing. But this, the, the prophetic is really releasing God's heart. And even mm-hmm. in Revelation, you know, the testimony of Jesus, yeah, the gospel, the cross, is the spirit of prophecy. It's the, it's the revelation of Jesus rather than the revelation of, of a man to another that's man, so good, right? Yeah. And so I love that. And then creating a place that's, again, like what you said, I think creating a place that's safe, creating a place where people can fail, where they can take risks, because learning how to walk, you're always going to fall. But if you don't give room for the fall, they'll never learn to walk. And so 100%. I love that. That's so good. Adam, thank you so much for being here with us. We honor you. Thank you for activating the prophetic in our movement in our culture and then even in us as friends and so really really honor you thank you guys for tuning in we're honored to have you here at kingdom movement leadership podcast if this has blessed you would you please share this with someone and we will see you soon on the next one